All the Fly Kids presents Centerpieces, an every now and then show about black artists' influence on culture. Hosted by yours truly, Geronimo Knows. All right, how's that? Can y'all hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you now. How y'all feeling? Feeling all right, man. How you feeling, brother? <laughs> feel good, man. I feel good. I um. I reached out to y'all because I seen it. I didn't see the whole podcast, but I think I clicked as soon as I clicked onto it. It was like, it was like I don't know if it was Royce who said it, but why do they do this? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it wasn't you. It was the other guy because I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> we what, all, part, we what, part, what part was that? Refresh my memory. It was the part. Um, I got it's in my notes and I can't get to my notes in my phone because I'm on my phone. But something about the guy that was like, I'll extend something to my brother, but then something a bitch. I just I can't remember it. It's in my my notes. Okay. It's a, it's a line where it was a guy on one of the verses, and he he talked about showing grace to his brother, and the very next breath was something about a woman referring to her as a bitch, but. You know, some of what that came from is just, I understand there's a complexity mm-hmm. to use of the word, but it's just like, I've, I've just at 36 feel like since I've been old enough to recognize hip hop, it's just like, it's baked in. I don't have a choice as to um, what I'm referred to. I have a choice as, what, as to what I answer to, but it just feels like sometimes it's just, it's in everything. It's everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was the part, though, that he was referring to. He heard. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Royce, I know you said there was, some, there was um, a few points that you heard in the clips that you watched that you wanted to um, give your perspective on. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just really, really just to be able to answer any questions. You know what I'm saying? But, like, with, to, to speak to just what you said, Queen, like, it's a, it's a, the older that I get, the more important I realize that it is for me to be really, really, like, really, really clear and concise when I come across with my points. It's something about generalizing when you do music artistically, mm-hmm. when you're generalizing. I can honestly say there's never been a time, even when I was, like, young and crazy, that, like, I've I've spoke about a girl and, like, I referred to her or something and was thinking about everybody and I think we all I think we all do that I think we we start off we hold our mom to a high regard we hold our sister to a high regard and then we talk kind of crazy to the other ones mm-hmm. and and then um the ones with some sense is kind of looking at it like why are you talking to any of them like that <laughs> See, the unfortunate part about that is we don't generally come to that realization until a little bit later right you know, like so like probably the within the last maybe two three years it's it's things that I would I, I wouldn't even say now, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I I never was at that place creatively before. I always looked at it like hip hop is like this this vehicle to like be reckless if you want to, you know? Because there's there's lots of energies that represent us, mm-hmm. young black young black men, you know? Like, and there's a lot that you guys wear as women, you guys wear, and then there's a lot that we wear as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it like adds, it like creates these character defects. And then like us getting in hip hop and being able to like, kind of like 
um, convey that energy and get praise for it, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it, it could be problematic if you're not like conscious of how important what you say from that platform is. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't have that social, we don't have that social responsibility, the understanding of social responsibility, we, we develop it in real time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, it's, it's like, like I said, it's only been probably about like the last three years where I'm starting to really understand why and how important it is and why it's important to keep y'all up on the pedestal. You know what I mean? Like it pro- yeah. probably probably the last two, two years ago was probably the first time I ever post my wife on my Instagram. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, I wanted to keep my, I wanted to keep my private life private. But the only problem with that is we don't really control the narrative. So the people, the, the, the companies that are spending the money on the marketing dollars, they're pretty much painting us how they want us to look. The only thing we can do to offset that is to paint positive pictures or just totally think as a collective and just totally control the narrative altogether and don't let anybody else tell our story. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, it, it's, it's, I didn't care about this type of shit five years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's just, a, it's, it bothers me. You know what I mean? It bothered, it bothered me that I felt like it bothers you. The fact that it seemed like it bothered you, it really bothered me. Well, when I listened to the album, um, because like I was saying in that conversation, it's like for me, just like for you, it's been a realization. For me, it, it's a realization that just happened recently because it was such a part. Like it, it never, it felt like skin. It felt like that if I was to listen to rap or hip hop, part of it is that I'm gonna be a bitch or a hoe. Now, not me as Lana, but just as a black woman, I am, that is my role in hip hop. And so just a few years ago, I started thinking like, damn, this shit is harsh. Like, every, you know, I can't even be in the club. Like the music feels like as a woman, when you go in the club, you just want to go in. I'm having a good time just like you. I might be in a section next to you doing the same thing you're doing. And if I want to enjoy the lyrics, the lyrics mean I have to demean myself. But that's just something that started just the same way you had the realization. It happened for me the same way. And it just has just really become a question. But with this album, it felt like it kind of felt like Tupac. Tupac is another one that I can give some some space for it because you knew when Tupac was talking about a bitch or a hoe, it was very specific. Mm -hmm. It wasn't all women. He was clear about that. And that's what I felt from this album was that I heard the bitches and all of that, but it didn't feel like it was very as general as most music makes it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it make it make perfect sense. It make perfect sense. I'm, it, it's uh, I think the old the older we start to get, the more we start to kind of reflect, and also we start to realize that we're looking everything in the, the, the all of the cycles that we're a product of. We just, we're looking that in the face every day. You know what I mean? Like we're like not being being able to not being taught how to communicate, not being able to communicate. I didn't start actually communicating until I started going to therapy. And that was eight years ago. I didn't understand the importance of communication. Suppressing feelings was a way of dealing with feelings. It was just normal. 
yeah. I, it didn't seem like nothing bothered me. I didn't draw any correlation between drinking and traumatic things that happened to me growing up. It just, it was just normal to me. You know what I mean? So like to like sit in a room with somebody who, and, and, and talk about this stuff in a way where you are like actually expressing yourself, not with a pen, not rhyming words. You know what I mean? Cause I fell in love with the, with the art form at the open mic. So when you put a beat on, the first thing I'm going to think is something aggressive because that's my first love, battle rap, something aggressive, or it's just whatever your go-to is, whatever the go-to is, something bad, something bad that happened to you, it affected you because the way we process that is this is, this is passion. Mm-hmm. Like it takes a certain level of maturity to be able to express passion in a positive way. That's very difficult to do. You almost gotta be masterful to be able to do that. So that's what made Tupac masterful because it was like, he did a really, really good job of showing you all of the layers that could be the black man. Because there's nothing wrong with being, you know, like a a, 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 a visual picture painter. It's like Scorsese, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. So sometimes we may speak about some things just because we don't want to come, we don't want to come across like these things don't exist. Some things just need to be in your face. Mm-hmm. You need to, you need to see them. Like even on my album, certain ideologies I don't even adopt. They they exist and they they affect the environment. So what's you need to those, look at what's, what's some of those ideologies? Um, I mean, you know, like when I posted the um when I post when I put the uh the clip of the, the white guy talking about uh. I actually got I got that clip off YouTube and I just had somebody re-say it. But just he just did a video mm-hmm. and um he was loading up a gun. I don't know what they're what they're buying all these guns for, but he loading up a gun. Mm-hmm. And he like he like, I hate black people. They stink, they bad people. And he asked some Jordans. He said, This is a black man's favorite shoe. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I think about a black man. He hung him up and he just starts shooting. Bah, 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 bah. So I just I kind of used that um to segue into two songs okay. you know like in my mind I, I was thinking to myself like it's just like this chaotic world going on and i'm just rapping the album with it all going on around us because essentially that's really what it is no definitely i definitely agree because definitely because i mean looking at your past few albums a lot of these same points you touched on but this i would have to say it was like a, a fuller cohesive more comprehensive um piece of social commentary you know what i mean and compared to what I've, what I've heard from you in the past. And I think it's dope because it's like, basically it was like, anybody can get it. You got the smoke for everybody because you're seeing a lot of things that aren't sitting well with you um, as, as a man, as a black man, as a, as, a, as a black person in America. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you know, sometimes like, sometimes I could, I could speak, I could rap about some, some stuff and um, it don't even bother me like that. Mm-hmm. But just because of, just because the way I like to hit pockets sometimes in a rap within a rap or certain inflections in my voice that I like to use. Yeah. It may it may come across as angry <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Like some things don't even bother me. Some things I don't even I can't I can't even lend it my energy because I gotta just guard my energy. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Like I didn't pull anger from pretty much most of the album, but I definitely could just pull like, okay, these are observations he's making. And you know, yes. Yeah, it's um, it's a. Uh, you know when I get mad, man, I get mad 
when I feel like my intelligence is being assaulted. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. This is what you're gonna tell me? <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to believe, huh? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it's, and then like, um, I don't even tell you the dude's name, but I it, it's a it's a dude that I know. He's a white guy, not Eminem. He's a white guy, and he does radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's from Detroit, and he posted a picture. He d- he does like comedy too, so th- I think this is why he thought that it was okay for him to do this. So he mm-hmm. posted a picture of a girl, a black girl. You know how g- the girls do like the bathroom selfies and shit. Yeah. So like. She was taking a selfie in the bathroom. She was just in a bra and panties. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, like just a regular, regular house. You know what I'm saying? So it, it was like a lot of toothbrushes in the toothbrush thing. Bathroom looked like it was a little dirty. And he he put in the in the on the caption, bitch, get out the mirror in front of those 27 toothbrushes and go take care of your 27 kids. Hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just so, so, um, I'm about to go look to see if I can figure out who this dude is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, so, um, so first I was like super mad. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking to myself all of the different ways that I can handle this. Mm-hmm. How am I gonna handle this? So I was on the phone with my brother, my brother Trick Trick, right? Close friend of mine. We talking. And before I could call him, he called him because we both know him. Yeah. So when Trick Trick called him, he took it down, which made me feel like, okay, because I know the dude. So it made me feel like I didn't need to talk to him because I personally didn't feel like that he meant any malice by it. I just felt like he's being socially irresponsible and he's being a dickhead. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, and I'm not that cool with him. Yeah. So, so it just was like, ah, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, so I just left it alone because he took it down. So somehow he found out that I felt the way about it and he reached out to me. Mm-hmm. So his thing was, yo, I thought we were, we was cool. You know, why didn't you tell me you felt the way? Like if I, you know, we cool, if I do something that you feel just, you know, you don't feel a way about, you can call me. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I know I can call you, but I, I didn't feel the need to, you know, you had already talked to trick. You took it down. I was like, I didn't think you would, I don't, I don't, I didn't think that that made you racist or that you thought you were like being racist by doing that. Mm-hmm. If I if I felt like it was that type of intent behind it, then maybe we would have had to talk. But I felt like the way it came off was racist. I just don't think you intended it to be that way. Right. I don't, I don't think you cared enough to 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 even like think that far ahead. Mm-hmm. But it came off as incredibly racist and incredibly disrespectful. And he was just like, "Well, what what what, what was disrespectful about it?" Right. So now I'm now I'm like I'm about to get into a conversation. I did not ask for this conversation, but I'm in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let me let me see if I can learn something. So like, I'm I'm telling him exactly why it bothered me. Uh, I told him why it was disrespectful to me as somebody that I got a relationship with that's white. Number one, you have an obligation to me. If you view me as a friend, mm-hmm. not only do you have an obligation to the culture and to that platform, you got an obligation to me. Right. You know what I mean? So I felt personally disrespected by it. Put a simple fact that my people are gonna feel disrespected by it. And and this is something that 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 feeds into the misappropriation of everything that is black. Mm-hmm. You out of line. So he was like, um, 
I can't remember exactly what he said, but this is what he said to piss me off. He was like, uh, he was like, man, I don't, I mean, no disrespect, no disrespect. And he was like, I just don't, I don't agree. I don't agree with you. And I was like, bro, like what, what is it that I have said to you today that makes you feel like that you need to agree? You know what I'm saying? Like, like why do you think that me and you have to come to an agreement for it to be, for it to be okay? Like, yeah. You're you implying that I'm asking you something. I'm not mm -hmm. asking you anything. Right. I'm telling you what it is and what it better be. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I'm being a gentleman for the moment. And then he said, uh, he said, no, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to like offend you. I was like, bro, you're not doing a good job. You're not doing a good job. I was, I was like, this, this isn't going well. This isn't going well. Mm -hmm. I was like, listen, y'all got this thing that y'all do where I can tell you something offended me and and you can't even process that because you just want it to be your way. Like this whole entitled shit, you, you can't do that in black music. Go be mm -hmm. entitled over there. You know what I mean? Like if I tell you it's offensive, that means it's offensive and change it and that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can either make the adjustments to your own personality or not. That's your problem. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not gonna sit off to the side and watch you just do some shit that I know is not right. You know, and he like out of respect to you, man. You know, if you ever hear me do anything again, man, just if you ever see me anything I post and you feel like I do it, I did it again, man. Just just call me. I said, bro, I'm gonna tell you one more time. I'm not gonna call you. Never said nothing in this conversation about if you do it again, I'm gonna reach out to you. Mm -hmm. Don't do it again. Stop acting like you don't know right from wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody is a genius until you're trying to explain to them. Something like this. And then it's like, I, I can't understand for the life of me why you guys feel this way. Then he tried to tell me what he thinks we need to do. You know what I think? You know what I think black people need to do? I said, I don't know what you think. And you're not about to tell me what you think. Because what we need to do ain't none of your motherfucking business. You know what I'm saying? You worry about you and what's going on in your community. We'll worry about us over here. We'll make our adjustments. And, and, and whatever you hear us say, it don't mean you can say it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the shoe, putting the shoe on the other foot. That, mm -hmm. that drives me up a wall when people try to put the shoe on the other foot. Yeah. You say it, so why can't I say it? Oh, he around, black, he around black people all the time, so I can understand why he'll slip up, because if I was around my gangbanger buddies all day, man, I'd probably end up you know, saying some gang slang, as if it's the same. You know? Yeah, got you, man. that makes me mad. When the white guy was in the battle, was in the was in the rap battle, when he said the n word in the rap battle, mm. I wasn't really mad at him. I wasn't really mad at him. I just felt like they should have beat his ass. But it was a black dude who jumped up in his defense. He jumped in front of him. Yeah, he who I had a problem with. I had a problem with that, and I reached out to him. Mm. Say you out of line. And he did the same thing. He said, yo, if that was Eminem, I said, first of all, that would never be Eminem. Because if it was, me and Eminem wouldn't be friends. See, that's the difference. I mean, it's like the same, the same point you made with, the, with Bill Maher. Yeah, it's like, it's like, why is everybody so understanding and like devil's advocate and, and, and trying to see it just any way that they can just to make it okay? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But. It's like, yo, I'll, I'll try to figure out seven different ways to make this, the same point, and they still won't get it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
I got zero tolerance when it comes to that shit. I was doing a drink champs, my man Nori's um podcast, and he brought that up. And he was like, great episode. Yeah, he was like, do you watch uh, uh, Bill Mark, whatever that show is called? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> he was like, oh, you talking about because of the nigga thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wasn't a fan really even before that happened. My thing, is, my thing is, the dude is, a, the dude is a very, very, very smart dude. Mm-hmm. Very smart dude. He comprehends very well. You just can tell, man, when, when, when somebody gets too comfortable. It did slip out. You know what I mean? Like it didn't slip out. You you pushing it. You pushing it. You trying to see, trying, trying to, to see how far you can out. take it. Absolutely. Trying to see how far you can take it. You you just pushing. You pushing the limits just to see. Mm-hmm. And I I don't like that. I don't like that because when our kid when our kids come into the business when our youngins come into the business they walk in they walk in eggshells around everything. They think they slip up. They do one thing to slip up. They feel like their position can just be. You know, they can just be replaced like that. That's all you hear is, oh, don't say this about these people. They're going to blackball you. Don't say this about those people. They're going to blackball you. How come black people can't blackball nobody? Right. Well, we try, and they tell us they cancel culture. They tell us we can't have cancel culture. And they tell us it's wrong to cancel somebody. I'm of the mindset that that's not the case. I'm fast to cancel somebody because I feel like People know better, especially in the age of technology like we have. You don't have a reason not to know. If you have a smartphone, you can access literally anything and everything about anyone and everyone. So I'm not of that mindset that you can't just be like, no, nah, fuck it. That's, you did it. That's it. Let's let it go. Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to ask you while you were talking about that, I was thinking because so as an artist of your caliber, especially lyrically as an artist of your calendar. You're in my top five, by the way. I just want to put that out there. But do you feel like, because this, this album felt like a, like a scolding for everybody who's been on bullshit for however long, whatever, however long this uh, album has been on your spirit or these songs have been on your spirit. That's what it felt like to me. It felt like you took people to task about all of the bullshit, but I feel like lyrically you've done that for a very long time, but this felt like you were like, you know, I'm gonna just put it all right here in one place. Do you feel like the, do you feel the burden to do that in your lyrics? Like you did on this album? Like when you, I mean, you lay, you lean into a lot of people, and what I appreciate is that you often name names, um, like <laughs> that that uh, freestyle you did on uh, Funk Flex was like my brain almost imploded. But I'm mm. just like, do you feel a burden, to, or maybe not a burden, but do you feel a responsibility as an OG and lyrically where you are that you have to take people to task, task to kind of let that out, that frustration? When you feel like that, do you feel like that's on you? I don't. I don't feel a burden as a lyricist, but yeah, as a as a as an OG, as a man, as a man that's able to see that's I'm able to look at the landscape and I'm able to look at it for, I'm able to see it a little bit more clear than a lot of the rappers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've been I've been here for a minute. I I know what I'm looking at. I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand exactly how to shape a narrative. I understand exactly how marketing dollars, I understand where the marketing dollars are going. I understand who they're paying. I understand, I, I could I could spot it from a mile away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just, um, I've made every mistake you can make. 
I've done I've done every cliche thing that you can think of as an artist creatively inside the booth and outside the booth. I've went for this big stupid silly sound of radio record. I've uh all all of that shit. And, and the reason why we do that is because we don't have any information. You know what I mean? And it's like the the narrative is being so controlled by them. It's making us think really really short sighted, and it's making us. And I'm speaking to athletes too. You know, all of it is the same shit. It's the same shit. It's being controlled by conglomerates um, who use certain tactics to keep you keep you keep you at a certain level of fear, keep mm -hmm. you in fear to a to a degree. And and you know, just so you won't do that, you won't use your platform, which is the real power. You know, like the influence is the real power. So you won't use that to to elevate people in a way that's going to mean that they're going to have to do business in a different way. Yeah. So they just, they just set up, they just set up traps to just keep crippled. You know what I mean? So we can absolutely cancel somebody. We just don't know how to cancel. We yeah. can cancel somebody because we don't realize what our power is. We, you know, you can't tweet and cancel somebody. You got to come together as a collective and just decide that you're canceled. And we are all not supporting you because it wouldn't even really be cool to be black if you didn't. We just need to think as one. That's it. Once we start doing that, we can put all of the systems in place that are going to offset all of the other systems that are in place. So, so, so I'm not so scatterbrained. So like if I'm looking and I'm watching TV and I'm watching people be as PC as possible and you can tell that they're doing that because they're being self-preserving. Like they don't want to lose their position. They don't want to make no waves. You got to play the game. You know what I mean? So the problem with everybody playing the game is that it affects the overall culture. It affects the overall culture. And when things go bad in the culture, they don't affect their kids like it affects our kids. Like the way that our kids see themselves, the, the, how they shake their confidence, all of that shit, all of that shit is different with our kids than anybody else's kids. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, on top of that, our kids are being targeted by that market. Right. Not theirs. You know what I mean? So that automatically makes us different. So that automatically makes it to where whoever's not afraid and has a platform and could and can provide some kind of balance and so, or some kind of reality or at least put some type of perspective on on top of it, it is it's beyond our obligation. So yeah, I feel I feel burdened by it. I still feel burdened by it. You know what I mean? Like I can't believe how afraid how afraid some people are because yes, these people that they talking about, some of them have power to a degree, but the thing about power is really, really weird when you're talking about within our culture, you can be really, really rich. You can be a billionaire and that gives you power in America. It's a capitalist society, but, but in the culture, the power is in the influence. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mr. Farrakhan can get a million people to come to one place. Donald Trump can't even do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like Jay-Z, he has the people standing next to him that's standing in between viewership with the NFL and the, and the, and the people. You know what I mean? Like the, the NFL owners don't have any connection to the people. They don't have their finger on the post in any way. The thing that makes them powerful are the contracts that, that, that these guys agree to sign because they're 
they're set up in a way that keeps them from thinking as a collective. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. crippling. It's crippling. So it's like I signed this contract, this big celebrity star athlete that's been being marketed to me my whole childhood. I'm finally that. I'm finally on the field. But I can't even use this platform to speak out against the things that's affecting my community. So like, so like the, 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 the meet you halfway point is just PC. And then the guys, the guys who like, fuck it, I'm putting everything on the line. I'm just going to speak. They go out of their way to make an example of them. So they appear more powerful. They just appear that way. And it's even worse. It's less in the record business. You know what I mean? Like it's even less. You got guys running around owning it, owning all of this power, dragging their nuts through the culture, and they're nothing. Nobody. Nobody. It's just, it's just, it's all, it's all fucking fairy dust. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not going to be until we start thinking like a collective and we're able to show the kids, our kids, that power. And then they'll start wearing it. They'll start wearing it. And then they have a better understanding. They, they can't see it. 24 hours a day, it's being marketed to them. The deep dudes, oh, man, the powers that be, they'll blackball you. Blackball what, bro? Blackball what? I mean, only you, people, you yourself people. are an example of, of not being blackballed, you know, by still speaking out every every time, you know, speaking I'm against an example, the status quo. I'm, I'm an example of, of somebody trying, going out of their way, very, very perceived powerful people going out of their way to get me out of the business. Going out of their way, mm-hmm. I can I can name five I can name five people, five people, five very affluent black people that would not work with me mm-hmm. because they were told not to by by these people. Okay, you know what I mean. And that's why I had to ask that question about when we did the podcast about there being a connection between the black bourgeoisie, the chosen blacks, whatever people want to call them, and quote unquote whack rappers or anybody who's not really um for the culture as as they should be, so to speak. You know what I mean? I, I definitely see a connection there between those two groups. Uh I feel like um I feel like no matter what groups you would no matter what groups you talk about, if you talk about any group in the in the, in the, within the within our culture and just in America, from the police department to uh, the Jewish, the Jewish executives, uh, even the LGBTQ, uh, who else we got? Social media. That's a group. Social media. All of these different groups, all of these different groups got systems in place that can be to the detriment of us if need be. Mm-hmm. And they also got systems in place where they can always fall on each other. White police officers are killing are killing young black unarmed men and not being charged. There's other black police officers that know about it, and they got whatever this code is amongst police officers. Blue wall, but silence. they just don't they don't break that code. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like I, I moved to this, this city called Oak Park when I was young, and um, I lived around Orthodox Jews. Like they uh they had it was the first time I ever seen a group of people just commandeer like an entire area in a community. And you know you can't buy you can't buy nothing in that area, and it's like that's where all their schools, they place of worship. Mm-hmm. They won't even get in a, in an EMS. They won't even let you put them 
in your EMS. Mm-hmm. They just, they just, it's, it's just about them. You know what I mean? And then like, when you got, you had the ones that aren't even really religious like that, it's an understanding. You know, like a, a manager falls out with a lawyer, he's not working with him, but he'll still, he'll still suggest that you work with him. He won't tell you why he fired him, but yeah, he'll suggest that you work with him. He may be a little cooler with you than he is him, so they say. But it's this unspoken thing where they don't sell each other out and they don't hire people first before each other. There's a code. We had a community. Everybody got a code. In Cleveland, there's a, uh, I'm from Cleveland, and there's a community called University Heights. And that's the same way. It's a heavily Jewish community. And you go through there and you could go shopping and everything in their shops. But it was like on Saturdays, you saw them walking to go to their worship services and everything like that. But to that point you're making, we talked about that on the podcast too, about unity within the community and can, and I don't even know how we got on that part, but I was saying that even with this whole coronavirus thing that's going on, you know, when at first it seemed as if, you know, coronavirus wasn't touching the continent. And you can see an African person from Ghana and an African person from Liberia both agreeing that Africans aren't getting it. And it was a conversation more of like, oh, we straight, mm-hmm. as opposed to, well, I'm West African and I'm good and I don't know about them over there because collectively, whether and that's the conversation. The conversation was also kind of leaning into the tribalism of black people and how we still have that. And that's why maybe we can't really necessarily find a common space all the time because we are just genetically in our DNA, we're tribal anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's just never been easy to bring certain tribes together. But seemingly a lot of people, a lot of other cultures and communities have that um, connectivity, but it's like in black American culture, it's, we're the most divided by sometimes very trivial things. But I think that would, you know, greatly help the community because just like you said, like you see those Jewish communities and Chinese communities and everyone has their own schools and they have their own stores and they have their own, they keep the culture alive. But I don't think we found a a, a way to, um, you know, we appreciate our culture as black Americans, but sometimes we don't understand the power of it if we just make it one thing instead of a million different things. And mm-hmm. so that's that we talked about that a lot on the podcast too. Just how can we be more cohesive as a people? But I don't know how easy that'll be as black Americans because we just get wrapped up in trivial shit all the time. I think we I think we all we all I think we all agree with that and we all feel the same way. We just all express ourselves in different ways. You know, like all of the different things that, all of the different things that attacked us just as people that they use to attack us, it's all just coming back and it's preventing us from being able to, you know, like not being able to communicate, all of these things, you know, like the competitive nature, being split up, us being a product of being split up, you know, like all of these things, they just, they hit us at once. So it's like, our moments of power, sometimes we don't realize them. We just need somebody to come put it in perspective. You know, like, and I, it's like, as crazy as it sounds, music is the thing that does it. Like, I was going to say, is that your one thing? One thing I noticed is that, you know, you got leadership, then you have, you have influence. So you got some people that are just follow the leader. You always going to have the ones that's going to question, question everything. 
But it's something about when things get wavy. You know how a wave is a little bit different of a thing. Mm -hmm. A wave is a little bit different because people's need to fit in, that's something, boy. So, like, that's why I feel like we should place our focus on our influence in the music and the right, the right people of influence in music to come together and focus on where we stand in music grow from there and then we can start making changes outside of but it's really gonna have to just it's gonna be it's gonna have to be baby steps and it's gonna have to start with the thinking it's just the way everybody is thinking but if it's if it becomes cool to start thinking like a business owner then you're just gonna have a bunch of people aspiring to be business owners you know like it's like none of these things were taught to us right i didn't start putting things into perspective until i made every single mistake that you can think of you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just that one conversation that makes you that makes you uh savvy enough to be able to weigh your options. You know, like like it's that one fucking teacher that you that you you, you had in college that got through to you and now you got study habits. I don't have study habits, but I believe I could have been taught them by the right person. You know what I mean? Like some of the shit just needs to be developed. And um I think some some there's a lot of people, a lot of uh, uh, black people like that, you know what I mean? Like, and they're they're doing it. Like Jay Z, I think Jay Z thinks like that. It's just applied to his situation and the situations that he's a part of. Mm-hmm. Like to me, Rock Nation, you know, like they had a Rock Nation brunches and stuff. They look like the upscale niggers, you know. And then you got <laughs> Killer Mike and Ti and them down south. They look like the smart niggers, you know. And then you know you got QC and all the youngins. They look like the young wild niggers, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like everybody's successful you know, in their own way. And it's like, everybody's just broken up, you know? So when we decide to try to come together, it's always business, business, business. Where is it going to live? Where is this? It doesn't need to be business. It doesn't need to be an LLC. It doesn't need to be an infrastructure. It just needs to be understood. Mm -hmm. That's all. So certain people shouldn't even be in the meeting. Certain people would just ruin everything. You know what I mean? Like, this has to be the right people thinking the same way at the same time. And the first step that I want to take is, which I think is the easiest step out of everything that I really wish we could do. And that's, and that's organize our own ceremony, our own award show. Uh, like an old award show, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I had like, a quick question. Um, what made you go with the, with the Play-Doh piece? Because that's a heavy piece. Like reading that piece, that's pretty heavy. What made you say, hey, this is the piece that I'm going to tackle? I mean, I was reading it, I was reading it and it just like, it just spoke to me, you know, like it, it, it made me just think about just the way that we take in information, you know, it just, it just gave me this picture, like, of like humans being programmed mm-hmm. in all kinds of different ways. And then, you know, like you, you look at that and then you can think about the, the, the different agendas behind why they want to think a certain way. And then, you know, like also just be, being intrigued by perspective. And how like you can tell you can give somebody the you can give somebody proper information after receiving general information, and that proper information would never ever be proper information to this person if they're not willing to accept this as their new reality. Like some people, some people refuse to unlearn. You know what I mean? Like 
Absolutely. It's a lot. That, it's a lot that goes into that because a lot of times it's, it's very, very it's a e way easier option to just be trusting and just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Let the universe just kind of push you around because to just speak the truth or to have the truth on your mind or to challenge things is to go against the grain. That's tough. Right. That's a tough. That's a tough spot. Mm-hmm. You know, like being being in a cave since birth. And then finally coming out of the cave 10 days later and you see the sun for the first time, it hurts your eyes. Your eyes need to adjust. You know, you see a body of water, you have no way of even putting it into words to explain to the people in the cave what you're even looking at. And like, even though reality is what you're seeing, it's not your, it's not reality to you until you willing to accept it as your reality. You know, because going back into the cave may actually feel like an easier option. I don't mm-hmm. care how bad you were chained yeah. up in there. You just grew immune to it. You're accustomed mm-hmm. to it now. You know, like shit. Like slavery. Like slavery. Everybody wasn't chained down. You know, like when that Turner was burning down plantations, everybody didn't want to go. Right. Where is everybody going? What could be a better life than this? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. We, do, you we, have, do you have a personal cave? Something that you find your life would be easier if you just went back, but you persevere through? Well, no. But, um, I mean, alcohol was my cave for a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, just, getting, just getting sober, which I don't know if a lot of people, a lot of people just taking the steps feel this way, but it's just I don't miss it. And maybe I may have been thinking a little bit different if I didn't get into the music business, getting into the music business made it to where I, I've alcohol created so many problems for me and so many bad things happened as a result of me being dependent on drinking that I don't miss it. I just got tired of doing really stupid shit and just being in really stupid situations because it was just affecting what happens is it starts out fun and then it grows. And then once it grows, it's not fun anymore. And then it's affecting every single facet of, of your life. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So it becomes the common denominator. The one thing that you got to remove in order to just, to just be able to develop it all. The reason you started drinking that you talk about, you know, you were at Dr. Dre's studio and he offered you a drink. You didn't want to turn it down because it was Dre. It makes me wonder too, how many other people start these habits, whether it's drinking, whether it's drugs in the same manner. Whereas had you done it, have you said you started drinking just because, you know, you something you wanted to try, would it have turned out differently for you? You know what I mean? Would you have just been a social drinker, you know, things like that? Yeah, I mean, of course, of course, not not becoming an alcoholic when you're an alcoholic. That's a totally different journey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And who knows if it would have been, you know, like, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I may have been too mature. I may have been like, I don't want to do this rap shit. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't I have no <laughs> I have no idea. But I know one thing. Um, like the same amenities that white people have, like therapy, all of the things that's offered to them mm-hmm. should be offered to our kids. Absolutely. Because had I known myself, have I had, if I'd have had knowledge of self, I would have known. Because I remember my dad telling me to stay away from, 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 from drinking, drinking and drugs. And I, my brother used to come in the house drunk all the time. And, and him and my dad used to fight all the time. So I always used to be like, I'm not doing that because I don't, I don't like that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I had something that I was standing on early. I stood on it. I didn't realize I didn't realize how important it was to, to have principles, but I had them. Mm-hmm. Just naturally. 
you know, it's instinctive. It's instinctive to just stand on things. But then when you get into the music business, you get, you get treated to think really, really short-sighted. Everything is a right now decision. Very rarely do you hear a brand new artist talk about things in the future. Mm. You know, like we'll, we'll, we'll work that out when we get there. It's just because you, don't, you have no idea what you're gonna do when you get there because you don't know anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, when I got out of high school, it was like, I was made to feel like it was, it was a bad thing that I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like, what you gonna do? You ain't, you going to college? What, what, you, what you gonna do? Oh, you don't know what you wanna do? So I thought everybody knew what they wanted to do and I was the only one who didn't know what I wanted to do. Not at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not at all. So, so, one of the things that we talked about on the podcast too, and that kind of reminded me of it was that um, it doesn't seem as though black children have a proper rites of passage process. And we talked about how the rites of passage process for us is usually associated with like sexual conquest. Um, you know, for boys, it's a very different ladies. But do you think that if that was something that we had in our community, like a proper, I don't know what it could be though. You know what I mean? I, I can't think of anything that could take that place. But one example that we talked about was in some, you know, um, African traditions, you take the young men into the bush and you come back out, they come back out men a, a week later for, from whatever processes that take place. But do you, I feel like that might, you know, that would be a good thing for um, for our children because I'm the child of addicts. My mother was a addict, drug addict and alcoholic and my father was a heroin addict. And I know my mother had, if she had more guidance at a certain time, I feel like that could have curtailed some of that. But that that seems like something we're missing in our community is a proper, you know, the OGs, whether it's men or women coming down to the community. Do you feel like there's a disconnect between the OG, your your generation, and maybe not ours, because, let's see, maybe two generations under me, maybe like 20, 25, 30, you know what I mean? Do you feel like if there was a greater bridge between the two, that there would be, and Bakari, I know that we, we kind of chuckled at <laughs> that, on that yeah. uh, <laughs> because you, the young brother Bakari is, I think, the youngest one <laughs> at yeah, the table. 30. But I feel like if there was a greater bridge between those two, like there used to be, um, some of these things could be avoided. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a whole bunch of things eating, eating, away at, eating away at us at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, we got to... We gotta we gotta indoctrinate our kids with confidence. You know what I mean? Like we gotta Start we gotta here. we gotta love ourselves. You know what I mean? Like right. we we try everything. It's like it's like why do you think that you're gonna be able to make a direct connection if you're 42 to a 20 year old? Why is it important right. to you for him to buy your album? Or why is it important to you for him to think that you dress well? You know what I mean? Like because I understand why labels want people to think that that matters, but why do you think why do you think that matters? You know what I mean? And I think it's it's a it's a it's a respect that should automatically be there. You know what I mean? Like the the, the, yeah. the guy that's on the corner who wasn't served the best deck of cards in life, and he a nigga on the corner, and he's out, and he a, a alcoholic, and he on the corner, and he homeless. He can he can tell you something that can save your life. He can tell you, don't let, don't let doctors do nothing to your babies. And you'll be like, oh, that old drunk old head. 
and then you go, you know, and, and the white man with the with the with the with the with the lab coat on, he got the lab coat on and he got his credentials on the wall and you he can tell you anything. Mm-hmm. You let him take your baby in the room by by himself and do anything to him that he wants to do, mm-hmm. and you just trust. Trust, 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 trust. You know what I mean? So it's like all of these different systems, they're powerful systems because of the lack of trust that we have with e- with one another. You know what I mean? Like the youngins don't want to, the young rappers don't want to listen to the older rappers because it's being marketed to them that the only successful rappers are the ones that's, that they're being, that's on the charts. Mm-hmm. The ones that every day they're going, ooh, look at this guy. He broke another record. Ooh, look at this person. He broke the streaming record. Ooh, look, he's on the charts. Bro, it's just a it's just a it's just a a, a bunch of boxes and names. Yeah. That's literally all it is. Yeah. Why is it so important how many units somebody sold in week one? And you should never talk about the album again. Stop marketing and everything. It's like if you're gonna stop marketing the album in one or two months, then why is it even important what, what the first week number was? It's perceived value. Right. Yeah, all of, the, all of these are like, all of these are like issues of the investor. The investor need, wants to know this information so they know the way that the money is flowing. That, that makes sense. But if you're just an artist building your brand, what difference does it make? You know, like, you, like if somebody like Johnson & Johnson, like, oh man, I wonder how much, how much lotion we're gonna sell this week. It's like, it's just something that's just available. It's available. People buy it. You know, some shit moves fast, some shit moves slow. You know, like back when we, we used to have the Source magazine, albums would go under the radar. They would have to come back years later and re-rate them and give them five mics that they deserve. Mm-hmm. That's what music is. You know, like the special shit, you can't explain it. You know, all of these categories and charts and all of this shit, all of these award shows that we give validation, we give, we place validation and credibility on these awards shows. And then they use it against us, to shit on us. Every you time. know what I mean? You, to shit you on are, us, to, to give us shit that don't even matter. You, you, you went hard in on a, uh, a lot of the young rappers on the album. Uh, it made me wonder, like, at what point in your career that you was like, you know what? All of this stuff, I see, I see through all the BS. Like, I, like, was it over a period of time or was it kind of like one moment that you was like, man, all of this stuff don't matter. I'm in this for the long haul. Because on, on the album, you definitely warn a lot of younger rappers about certain things that could like, you know, mess up, mess them up in the long run. Yeah, I mean, it just it's just one of those things that just came with time, man. You know, and a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. I mean, I feel like you can be taught. You can be taught some things, you know, like it's not a lot of people taking the initiative. No, nobody took any initiative to teach me anything in this business. But but it's not to say that if somebody would have would have taught me some things that I would have been able to apply it or it would have resonated the same way. It's actually making the mistakes, making the mistakes that creates like a wisdom. It creates like a wisdom that's it's, it's, it's an obligation at that point to pass that down. It's an obligation. It's part of the success. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you make it out of the hood and you go to the NFL, a part of the reason why you made it out of the hood to go to the NFL is so you can use that to serve the community. That's yeah. part of it. It's a part of the, the success. You know, like never put yourself in a position to where something gets removed from this process. This is a cycle. This is a cycle 
that we are creating that needs to repeat itself. You know what I mean? Like we can't break their cycles. The only way we can, the only way we can offset all of these cycles are to just create our own. You know what I mean? So um, that's why, you know, on the album, it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a brotherhood the way that I address the youngins more so with me now than it would have been before. Before it would have been, it would have came off as a little more competitive because I like, I'm a battle rapper. You know what I mean? But I mean, the, 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 the longer that I've, that I've been around and like situations that I've been in and just really, really sneaky shit that I've caught people doing that they didn't know that I caught them or they didn't think I was smart enough to be able to understand what was happening. Like the more that I realized that we're not, we're not like in competition with each other at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The music is literally just subjective. It's, it's literally just opinion based. There's no statue that you can put in my hand that's gonna really make me bigger than Kendrick Lamar. It's not gonna make me bigger than Kendrick Lamar. I right. can make people I can make people feel like that this makes me bigger than Kendrick Lamar, but it's not the truth. Well, I wanna go back to what you said earlier about us making our creating our own award shows and accolades and things like that. What do you think is the the reason why collectively we're reluctant to do that? I don't think we're reluctant to do it. I don't think we're reluctant to do it. I think that all of us are just hyper-focused on our success, mm-hmm. you know? And like, we just, we just kind of got used to shit being a certain way. You know, credibility, credibility is a, mother, is a motherfucker, man. Like Forbes, Forbes is the biggest, Forbes is like the biggest thing that opened my eyes. It's just like, they're, they, they're the most credible source in the world for people's finances who know nothing, absolutely nothing. And it's just like, wow, man, how did like, People will believe anything that the Forbes says. Yes. Like if they, if right now the Forbes put that I was worth eighty million dollars, that shit would change the trajectory of the way people feel or think they feel about me mm-hmm. for a, per- a long enough period of time for me to be able to sell them something. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like a, a magic trick. You know, like all of these magic tricks get created by people who can't make music. They don't know how. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to think like a creator. They don't understand creators. And they just make, every, they turn everything into a science project. They need to, everything has to be, it has to add up to something in order for them to, to you know what I mean? Like two has to, two plus two has to be four. We got to figure this out. Right. This, this guy came out, he wore black pants when he released his album. So we're going to put you in black pants. because That worked for him. You got to put black yeah. pants on. You're trying to systemize the creativity. There it is. There it is. Because if you said, That kills it. If you, if you systemize it, it's very, very easy to market market it in every different facet. Treating it like the McDonald's. Only, the only pro- yeah, the only problem, the only problem with that is that the artists come into that system in that mind frame. Mm-hmm. So the things that they're doing to feed that agenda it, are the very same things that are that are ruining their brands. You know, so it's like longevity is not even something that's even on their mind. You know what I mean? Like getting rich and famous. It's the first thing that's on their mind because they think that's what they're here to do. So if they don't have anybody that went and made all of those mistakes to come back and put perspective with that, then they're just going to do the same thing we did because mm-hmm. they're going to encounter the same fucking cycles. You know what I mean? Yeah. We talked about that too on the podcast, how a lot of new artists really just look at the business as business. It's not really oh, I really care about this art form and this is really what I feel like I'm talented at and I'm good at and I want to like hone it and make it better. It's just like, no, nah, I just want to 
make a little bit of something, little piece of album, because I don't even know if you could, I can't even call this new stuff some of it. I'm not one of those people who like, oh, get the kids a chance, because it's like, it's detrimental, I feel like, but another, that's another podcast. But we talked about how it's just like a business. It's like, I'm going to just make one or two little albums that everybody can kind of dance to, I guess. And it's like, I'm out or nobody seems to care about the art form anymore. And to me, that's the, such a disrespect, but you know, I just, that's unfortunate that we're here. Do you think that's the natural trajectory or do you think it can be saved? I mean, I don't even really think it needs to be saved. You know, like I think it just needs to be put in perspective a little bit better. And like we can't we can't depend on anybody to do that but ourselves. That's why that's why I want to do the award show because if you think about it, it's countless people in our culture that have never they've been around for years and they've never been saluted properly. Mm. They just haven't because mm-hmm. the people the people who are in I guess who we just count on to salute us. I guess we're just um, we're just assuming that these people understand us like we understand each other. You know, like I don't I don't know. Sometimes we just it's like an out of sight, out of mind thing. But if you just take a second to look at it, you will think to yourself how ridiculous that is, that we are sitting around waiting for the Grammys to mm-hmm. properly, really, really give Jermaine Dupree his credit. He'll probably right. never win another award again in his career. But the things that he's done in his career, remarkable. Remarkable. You know what I mean? Like. In comparison to Dre, is it remarkable? It's only based off of your opinion. Right. There is no fact that says what Dr. Dre did is better than what Jermaine Dupri did. Absolutely. There's a number. There's some numbers that they can hit you with. You know what I'm saying? But then, you know, those numbers only matter when it's self-serving to them. You know, you go in, the, in, 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 in these offices to meet with these labels and it's like, I don't even want to talk to you unless you got a certain amount of views, unless you got a certain right. amount of this. Numbers, 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 numbers. And if the numbers is low, I don't want to talk. But if we're talking about me owning your publishing, oh, those are important numbers. We'll take those numbers. We'll take 100% of that. You know what I mean? Like, we'll make you feel like you're not valuable, you're not worth anything, you're not doing any numbers, but you're publishing. We'll take the art. Yeah, we'll take that. You know, we'll take we'll take that, and that's that. That all that is is just we know how to properly monetize this. They know that they're gonna. They know nothing, but they want to be accepted. They like the way it feels to feel loved. They like the way it feels to 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 finally feel like you got a place. Uh, they they love the attention. They want. They got this thing in their mind where it's like, man, I'm about to go fuck her. I'm fucking. I'm fucking. What's her face? The actress. I'm. I'm about to do this. You know, like I'm gonna have the money to my ear. You know what I mean? Like they thinking about a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. That's what they thinking about in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just because they've never had an opportunity to think any other way. Right. They never even got the chance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would have liked to have went to college. I feel like I'm intelligent enough to go to college. That shit was not happening with the way that my life was going impossible yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then you know i'll i'll encounter somebody and they'll look at me like what you could have went to college you should have just you know you should have just, just did went. your thing you know what i mean so it's like that's why it's an obligation peace y'all if you like what you're hearing today 
Let us know what this podcast is worth to you. Centerpieces is a labor of love. We want to do these conversations more often, more panels. You can support us via Cash App at dollar sign all the fly kids or via PayPal at paypal.me forward slash Geronimo NC. Put these links in the show notes for your convenience. Sharing this podcast with your people is another way to support. So spread lovingly via your favorite podcast app, social media, or our YouTube channel. All the fly kids on everything. Appreciate y'all for rocking with us. And now back to the show. You know, so I was looking at a Morgan Freeman interview from back in the day when he was saying he don't he don't agree with Black History Month and he feel like everybody got the same 24 hours. And, you know, I, that, it pissed me off. It pissed me off. And then it made me realize how much of an obligation we have to make sure that that perspective is there. Because when you got guys like Morgan Freeman talking like that, all that's going to happen is me as a youngin, I'm going to believe him. Right. Right. Because me personally, I've always been a creator, even before I knew I was a creator. So when I'm in class and I'm getting taught by a person who doesn't even know how to teach me and I'm daydreaming, I'm thinking it's something that I'm doing wrong. You know what I mean? I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, they can focus. You know what I mean? And then just, right. to, talk to, just to talk to a psychologist when I become an adult so they can tell me that somebody was supposed to know that you were creative, you know what I mean? Like you did creative things and you were a creative thinker and they were supposed to put you in a performance art school. So you can be put in an environment where that creativity can be nurtured and, and, and paid a certain attention to. So she, she, said, she said, a lot of times, it's not that you failed, you failed in the institution, the institution failed you. And that never was an option in my household. My, my father never went to a, a parent-teacher conference and questioned anything mm-hmm. ever ever it was like he can do better if he just applies himself my dad would look at me why you ain't applying yourself you know what i mean and i wouldn't have had answers because morgan freeman telling me you know what <laughs> i mean like, 24 hours, not the same 24. <laughs> hours they, they still doing it right now man they still doing it right now in school they try they try to do it with my son last year try to say hey he's too busy blah 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 and I, and we were just like nah we're not we're not gonna they're like should he go do all this test and they, they kept on trying to imply that you know maybe we should move to a test and we should do this and you know we did they did the test and everything and they were just like well, the trying to push their, they were trying to push their agenda and it was just like nah nah we're not gonna do this they wanted him to take riddling um First of all, it was like, he, he's like seven now, but when he was like five, the teacher was like, well, he's so busy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he's a boy. I went to the class myself. All the boys in the class was running around and the girls were sitting down. So I was like, this is not odd. That's what little boys do. And then it was like, well, should you put a weighted vest on him because it's going to calm him down? And my wife was like, hell no. Off the top, she was just like, hell no, you're not going to put that on him because already he's going to feel like he's the special child in the class. Why don't they just bring some some some, some chains in and shackles? Fuck it, just, just go. You just, know, just like, get all the way so, to the point. I mean, I didn't mean to get off the point, but when you said that, no, 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 I'm, I'm, you, I'm, I'm, no, I, I I didn't mean that. I meant I meant tell you should have just told her just get straight to the point of what you mean. You know, and like, and, like, and, and and that's it because it's it's like I guess it's 2018, but you know now nowadays instead of them being more blunt than they used to be, they kind of have to reword things and and try to cover themselves but we just like no don't do that that don't make no sense 
a weighted vest because he's too busy. Exactly. I didn't even know they were that's like a, stuff that's like, like that, that's, doing stuff like that. That's like a that's like a leash. That's like a leash. Right. Exactly. Wow. That's because that's because the teacher doesn't want to take the time to figure out what's the best way for for her to deal with him. She don't want to deal with him. Mm-hmm. That sounds real fucked up. I will say though, there are weighted blankets and weighted vests and shit, and it's to shut off or to calm down the fight or flight response, and it helps people with anxiety. And so, even though I wouldn't suggest anything like that for a child, especially a, a normal young boy who has loads of energy, you know, that's that's fucked up. I mean, it has a use, but it's not. I mean, that would like whoever said that would make the child feel something's wrong like don't that's like a scarlet letter a like don't you don't mark a child because they're being a child you find a way to channel the energy into another space if it's Mm -hmm. not appropriate for the space it's in but that's that's i never heard that in my life and i I grew up when they did um the principal would spank you like i when i was in elementary school Mm -hmm. they still had a paddle and (laughs) and that was line up and get it get it on the hand yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's new. That's new, new. That's man. Listen, they got all of these, all of these tricks, man. They got all these tricks nowadays and stuff like that. And if you fall for it, they're gonna put your kid in some some BS program. You know what I mean? Like, I just say to them, hey, if you figure he's jumping all around, what is he good at? Go apply him to that. And normally times, I tell them, hey, he's doing okay at home. And I went to the class, you know what I'm saying? I went to the class myself. My wife went to the class and stuff like that. But come to find out, the teacher had that same complaint for most of the boys in the class anyway. And I'm like, he's five years old, six years old. What you think they're going to be doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ain't I was, I was, I, I was there for half an hour. Like, boys and girls are different, man. I don't care what anybody say. Mm-hmm. Ain't, it some, ain't it something that they can always try to convince you that your child, like, just turns into a completely different person as soon as they walk in their classroom? It's always hey. like... Exactly. So is it anything going on at the house? Yeah. No, it's something going on in the class. You know what I mean? Like a lot of this shit y'all saying that he's doing, I've I had I've never even heard of before. Right. Sound like he don't respect you. Yes. Yes. Like one That's of my first one, of my, one yeah. of my son's teachers when he when my oldest son, he's 20, 22 now, but when he was in elementary school, he was bad. He was bad because I was a young parent. You know what I mean? I was a young alcoholic. He was bad. He was extremely emotional. You tell him you're not going to be his friend and he, meltdown time. You know what I'm saying? But they used to just be straight up afraid of him. Every time he, every time he get mad or he lose his temper, somebody call him. Call, call me, call me. Finally, I, I went up. I, I, don't, I can't go up to their schools now, but back at that, back then, went up to the school and I was like, listen, if y'all call me up to this school one more time, it's going to be a problem. Whatever it is y'all need to work out, y'all figure this shit out. Don't call me again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Because one thing about white people, and there's no disrespect to white people, but this is just the truth. They panic, man. Like, when it comes to dealing with our kids, they want to fucking call you about every little thing. No All of these kidding. things aren't problematic. You know what I mean? Yeah. He said he, one of, my, my, one of my sons is on the spectrum. He has autism. He told, he told the principal, I didn't like what you said to me. I should blow the school up. <laughs> and, you know, this was like, you know, they wanted to have, like, a meeting with, like, 10 white people. And we sit around and we really analyze this. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, man, y'all motherfuckers better, y'all, y'all better get it together. He's a, he's a, a eight-year-old with autism with a really, really good vocabulary and, and, and a real big imagination. But I can guarantee you he doesn't have explosives. <laughs> so shut the fuck up and don't call me about this no more. <laughs> oh, man. Oh man! I wanted to ask you real quick. I don't know how much time you got. This has been the highlight of my day, personally. Mm -hmm. I'm still here though. But as a parent, um, and having a you have an adult son, and then you have younger ones too. Mm -hmm. I got three little girls. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a perfect. That's perfect. How do you plan to? Because I know they're growing up in a household where music is a part of life. So how do you? prepare them and how do you speak to them about like our original um the first thing we talked about how do you speak to them about how they're portrayed in music and how i'm sure you counter it i'm just saying like as an artist and having been in the game as long as you have how do you let them access that music because they're gonna hear it and how what is the conversation you have with them like that's i never I've always wondered that, like, when, when you're in the industry and you have daughters, like, what do you say? Like, well, he didn't mean that or this, you know, like, how do you go about that? Well, right now, I'm still in the in-between period. So my, my oldest son, um, right when he started getting online, looking on mm -hmm. the Internet, I was just making that transition from, uh, from, from, from drunk every day to sober. So um, when, I, when I got sober... It wasn't until then that I started wanting to like actually take some steps to pursue being a good dad. Like when, it, when you're drunk every day, but you you know like your dad never left when you grew up or nothing like that. Like it's no, no problem for you to be there. You know what I mean? But if you don't put if you don't put emphasis on like actually learning how to be a father, you pretty much just mirror everything that your dad do. So like it, it was like. Back then, in those moments, I was just really good at telling him when he did something wrong. That was like my, my thing I was good at, you know what I mean? Like, the disciplinary, you know? So as I got older, I realized the importance of finding all those teachable moments and actually teaching them things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, how important, you know, like, it is to, to make sure or do what you can to make sure that their confidence is at a certain level because I, I realized that I could never do anything good while I was like self-conscious. You know, in basketball games, if I'm like butterflies and shit, it's like I could barely dribble. I can't do nothing good in that state. You know what I mean? Like, right. I guess that's why like a whole lot of rehearsals just puts you in a better place. Cause it's just like, you know, like I got boom, my song boom. I don't have to rehearse boom. You know, like it's been times I've been drunk on stage and forgetting lyrics, but as soon as I hear those ticks, as soon as I hear those ticks at the beginning of that song, it's like a weight is just off my shoulders because boom, it's just second nature. Yeah. No more anxiety, no more nerves. The confidence is there because I performed it so many times and I just, I have a, I have an understanding of boom. Boom is like, I, I have the information when it comes to that. So it's nothing for me to be worried about. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it's kind of like factoring that all, all across the board. The good thing about my oldest child is that all of the stupid stuff that I did, he didn't see none of it. Hmm. He wasn't paying attention. Now my girls, if, if he had been a girl, me and her probably would, 
be in therapy together every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. My my little girls, they hear everything. They know everything. They are intuitive as hell. They ask a whole bunch of questions. They want to know everything. And they are in extremely, extremely uh, demanding of my time. So it's basically like having three more wives. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they kind of like, uh, they, they, bring, they bring the qualities out of you uh, that need to be there, regardless. You know what I mean? So it's like, now it's like, they, they're not, my, my daughters ain't, they're not listening to hip hop yet. They don't see it yet. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not like, yo, listen to this biggie. You know what I mean? Like. I kind of got my life, my life is kind of like set up to where it's like, I come in the studio here and I'm like 100% dialed into everything that is culture. And that makes me happy. It keeps me out of trouble. You know what I mean? Like that's what success is to me. Being able to drive here, no gun, no problems. You know what I mean? Like no, uh, no bad energy in the air, no gray area, mm -hmm. no, no thing that needs to be resolved. All is just well, you know what I mean? No distractions. I can just create and there's no no type of uh no pressure, no pressure with the creating. You know what I mean? Like there's no type of record that needs to be made in order for me to matter. You know what I mean? I just matter. You know what I mean? And the only way to get to that place is to to not be afraid. You know what I mean? So like when I go home, that's where I unplug from the culture. And everything is just normal. I just want everything to just be normal. I just want to be Ryan. And I want to sleep a lot. You know what I mean? So my daughters treat me just like a dad, even though they identify me as a rapper. They go to school and they say, my dad is a famous rapper. But when they come home, they treat me like their dad. They have no idea what a famous rapper is. Mm -hmm. what you know what mean? I mean? So like mm -hmm. my, my, son, my son with autism, he's just starting to listen to hip hop. But he's not asking me. He's not really asking me any questions yet. But that's easy. Whatever questions he got, I'll just answer them. Now, when it comes to the girls, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Just pray. <laughs> <laughs> Say a prayer. You know Are what I mean? Are you nervous for them to get a hold of some of it? Like, what if, like, what is your worst hip, what is your worst rap song? What's your nightmare song that your daughter could come home and be like, Dad, you know what? This it. Like, is there one that you're like, oh, I can't. Or are you just gonna let them explore it and find their their place in it? Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit of both. But I'm not. I'm not honestly, as of right now, and I know my pers perspective can change because it changes all the time. I, I'm not worried about hip hop. I really, I really, I'm I'm more worried about. My daughter drew a picture the other day and she texted it to me. Let me see if I can find it. Where's my phone? At? She drew a picture and she texted it to me. And you know, like how we used to doodle when we were kids. Like mm -hmm. I used to draw. I used to draw faces. And I used to like to draw faces so I could draw haircuts on the faces because I used to like to draw fades. High top fades, afros, you name it. I just used to draw like a whole bunch of hairstyles, right? So my wife used to draw. She actually like was an artist, you know what I mean? So she can draw really well. So my daughter, she just draws girls, right? But it's with a pencil. You know, of course, she got crayons. So she sends me this picture. And she said, Daddy, look what I drew. And I looked at it, and the first thing I thought to myself was, I said, baby, is this like a, um, 
is this like a, a, a an assignment y'all had in school or something? She was like, no, just drawing. So tell me what y'all think of this. What does that look like to you? Lift it up some. Um, is that like a, is it a white woman? Look like a white girl. Yeah, it looks like a white woman. It's an extremely white woman. Okay. Yeah. Orange hair. These are crayons, so it's orange hair. Mm -hmm. It's like a blue little dress, and she's standing with her legs crossed like like that on mm -hmm. her feet, with her legs crossed like that, right? And uh, she has like three little red lines on her cheeks, and her eye her eyes are blue. She got long lashes. So, um, to me. This is what I think she thinks beautiful is, which, which, which is not to say that it's not beautiful, but I'm, I'm concerned rather she thinks this is the measuring stick to beautiful. Yeah. Right. That's her initial thought for right. beauty. Well, yeah, this is just what she sees. This is what's mm -hmm. on TV and this is what she goes to school around. Like when she comes home from school, I'm literally asking her like, why are you talking like that? <laughs> cut, it, cut it out. Just talk like yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like it take it takes her like an hour for for school to wear off. Wow. You know what I mean? So like, I'm more concerned about that. So I you, really her idea of herself and where she fits into beauty is the main concern. Well, yeah, that should be that should be every father's concern with a daughter. You know what I mean? Like, but um, just being influenced by that in a way to where she's already she's already PTSD from things in this category and she doesn't even know it. Right. It's just in her DNA. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Y'all ever seen that video of the little four-year-old girl who was looking in the camera and she said, I'm ugly. She told the girl that was doing her hair that she was ugly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that? Mm -hmm. How does a four-year-old come to that conclusion? Right. You it's know? rough. That shit's rough. And, and and black women right now are having a hard time. And you know, I like to think that maybe bad bitch culture is on a downswing. And I feel like we talked about that too, Geronimo. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we talked about just the imagery and like, you know, everybody's a bad bitch. Everybody, you know, all the rappers need a foreign and like everybody got the same goes and to the same doctor and gets the same body and all of this stuff and mm -hmm. it's damaging for grown women so I can't imagine and and coming from a neighborhood like I come from I'm very proud to be from I grew up very black in Cleveland I grew up everything was black everything around me was black the idea of beauty was black we had jet magazines ebony essence those were the magazines in my household um you know just there was European beauty was almost like you kind of turn your nose up at it in my neighborhood you know you'd be like you don't want to be like that you don't, you want to have you want to be a black woman and so not being raised with social media and certain images and then it coming into fruition as i got older which was still kind of in developmental years for me made shit real rough like mm -hmm. even to the point where it just started i just started being back okay with myself maybe in my 30s 
you mm-hmm. you come into this grown lady weight and you come into your grown lady it's something about being a grown woman that's very fulfilling and satisfying if you can find that space and rest in it Same but here. Same here. yeah it just feel good it feel but you be like oh that shit you know i don't need that but it's i can't imagine i have five younger sisters ranging from 30 to, to 18 and so i can't imagine what three of them have to experience i ain't really worried about two of them but like one of them right now, she went to Miami this weekend just wilding. <laughs> what? <laughs> she went up. She was one of them youngest on the beach. Oh my God, she's nineteen and she down there. She talk, you know, taking pictures on her um stories like, oh, these some bangers, blah blah blah. And I'm like, listen, sis. First of all, you risking your life, but like, what is it all for? Because to me, you look like an idiot. Like you're nineteen and it just looks stupid. But it's all in the pursuit of this. One of her videos on Instagram got like it's at like six thousand views now, and I I don't know that life, but it's mm-hmm. still like it's an addiction. Yeah, I can't imagine having that kind of pressure at that age, and it's hard at thirty six having that pressure to where your waist got to be small, your ass got to be fat, you know, every your skin got to be perfect, you can't have no wrinkles, like that shit is rough. So, I, and I'm just now becoming okay, you know, so I can't imagine having young girls to try to it's, it's, it's difficult it's difficult as a parent because i can't always find the words that i'm looking for mm-hmm. you know because it, it this it, it that's such a touchy that's a touchy that's a touchy area like like i i can't i you you don't want to say the wrong thing because you like if she grows up and that's what beautiful is to her as long as she doesn't hate herself as long as she doesn't hate the way she looks, then that's cool too. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's very difficult for me to like, of course I'm always reinforcing to her how beautiful she is and how important it is to know how beautiful black is. You know what I mean? But also not to put too much on her to where she's like, there's like this thing in her head where she's like, how black people look versus how white people look, or like, God forbid, it's some sort of resentment or hatred toward another race, or you know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of parents that just speak freely. You know, like when I moved to Oak Park, that city I told y'all about, the very first day I got called a nigger. Hmm. The very first day that, I, that we moved there. I got caught, and it was a kid that I was playing with. I was about nine years old, and, and as soon everything was fine until he got upset. As soon as he got upset, boom, it was a, an immediate go-to, you know? And then um, I remember her, my, her his, his mom um, just being on my, our porch, just yelling, just yelling, because um, I've been a fighter since I was a real little kid, so I hit him with like a seven-punch combination. And he fell, and he hit his head on the ground. I hit him real hard too. So when his mom came to, she was like yelling and I remember my dad just standing there like nodding his head like this and he just let her finish. And then as soon as she was done, he was like, where do you think he heard the word? Where do you think he learned the word? Mm-hmm. And then she just got quiet. <laughs> I would never, <laughs> I would never say anything like that. You know, she went in immediate defense mechanism. Yep. Uh, um, uh, play the victim, play the victim, uh, pity party, pity party, uh, not being held accountable. I don't have any accountability in this. He's a little kid. This is before the internet, bro. This is like 
there literally was nowhere for him to learn it but in his house. Mm-hmm. You know? Because mm-hmm. I nobody was calling nobody niggas where I lived before that. And I really, I really wasn't really that offended. My big brother came because he had mind control over him. He came and he heard what happened. And he told me that I was supposed to be upset. <laughs> so he... he <laughs> Like he he made me he changed my whole traje- trajectory on that. Yeah. He's like, oh no, you know you ain't letting that slide. Mm-hmm. Let what slide? You know, like I, we I don't want we don't want to be like the problem. We was already the problem kids in the last neighborhood. Now we got to be the problem kids here on the, on the first day. Well, I got one last question. Unless any of y'all got another question, but um, I wanted to ask about your thoughts on this album, perhaps being one that shifts the culture to a degree. Cause I see you as a rapper's rapper. You are a rapper's rapper. You know, a lot of very talented, very skillful rappers respect you, have been featured on your records. Um, but I don't know, something in me, especially just in this conversation we had today, just makes me think that there could be, there might be a, a, a cultural shift in, that's influenced by this album. You know, um, I see that, you know, I don't know if that's something that you see. But even thinking about the conversation that you had, I watched a few of the interviews you, you've done, you know, Breakfast Club, Karen Hunter, um, even the one where you, um, was on, you were on a Math Hoffa show. And um, just in everything you're saying and the, the, the way people are really dialed in um, to what, you're, what you were talking about on this album more than before, it makes me think, okay, Royce might have did something with this one. He might be shifting the culture, you know, and it might be happening behind the scenes at first, but something... I think something's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think um, I think whenever whenever you whenever you think about or look at culture shifts, it's really it's really the music is just an element. Mm-hmm. It's just one element. A culture shift is basically it's basically a whole bunch of people at one time moving to to just a whole different drum, like just like that. And that, that t- to me, it goes back to what I was talking about with the influence, you know what I mean? Like, and then w- if we can influence people to start shifting, then the music makes all the more sense. Mm-hmm. And it's way more effective. It's way more effective. And I think that, I think that the understanding outside of the booth and the understanding outside of the conflation of like uh, the corporations controlling the narrative, the understanding outside of that is what's gonna start it. You know what I mean, and then from there, there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of albums that we're gonna fi- we're gonna feel is more important. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna hear them different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like you go back and you listen to four four four, it means a little more to you now. Like when you were hearing it in real time, it kind of like it kind of just sounded like Jay Z was letting you know that he was just a little smarter than you. You know, and then like when you listen to it in retrospect, now that you are a little bit more into the idea mm-hmm. of ownership and, you know, like the way Nipsey died and the things that he stood for. And then like, you know, like now this person saying they own their masters. Now this person saying he own his masters. Now it's turning into like a little bit of a thing. Mm-hmm. You go back and listen to 444, it sounds completely different. Absolutely. You know, so it's like, that tells me, that tells me that it's every, it's every element. And I think that, um, yeah, the purpose of the album was to, was to fit into the, the right narrative. Okay. Word. So to be that to be that puzzle piece 
to go along with a whole bunch of other things that needs to be done. It's just okay. work. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an everyday working process. Okay. Well, um, that's all I got, man. Like I said, we appreciate you, man. I really do. You know, um, appreciate you even watching the, the portion of the podcast that you did watch reaching out. You know what I mean? I enjoyed this conversation. I know everybody else did, you know, um, talking about the, uh, the award show. Is there any way we can help in supporting you and getting that off the ground or anything else you got going on? Man, brother, listen, if we can, if I, if I can, if we can put, I'm not going to even say I, if I can pull the trigger on it the way that I think I can, it's not going to be that kind of situation where, um, like anybody, anybody of, of our culture, that's us, is going to feel like it is something that they could help out with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. going to be something that you, you would not be caught dead anywhere else but there. Okay. It's the one place where you're going to go where you're going to actually feel like you're going to feel your success on a real level. It's going to be reality for you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be anything but people who understand you like nobody else can understand you. People who love you like nobody else can love you. And people who are 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 giving validation to each other, who give validation to everything that is cool in the free world. So then once that moment happens and, and people realize that it's not like, this is not the BET Awards. This is something that's never been seen before. Yeah, and it can it, it can live anywhere. Mm-hmm. It can it, it can live anywhere, and once once people get the the feeling of that power, like our children get the feeling of that power, then they'll understand it, and then they'll wear it. Right? Yeah, wear it. They'll feel they'll they'll feel better about themselves. They'll feel like that sixteen bars or that twenty four bars in their notebook can be something. You know what I mean? Like it's not just sixteen bars. It's 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 valuable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. Our our everyday banter on Instagram, Twitter, all of that. It's all valuable. It's all valuable. It's just very very dorky people following you around, <laughs> observing your every move, and just figuring out ways to make money off of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all it really is. And it's just it's only it's only power to them because we don't see it. We don't see the value. Yeah. We just gotta see the value, and we just gotta wear it. Wear it. That's all. All right. That's it. Okay. That's it. All right. Well, so I'm... the award show, the award show will be step one. Okay. That's gonna be step one. I want to see a day where we, um, where our culture is taking care of our OGs too. Okay. You know, like the MC Shans and the like. Mm. The, back when, back when the industry was really, really chewing rappers up and, and spitting them out. Yes. Everybody yes. had a bad deal, and there was absolutely no way to have. A, have longevity with the way that it was set up back then. I think even though that it was like that, and even though those guys probably made a lot of mistakes, there's no way that we would be here if it wasn't for them. I don't care. Even if you weren't a fan of them, there's no, what they did, they were like crash dummies. Yes. They were like crash dummies for the guys to come in and make the real money. Overcharged for what they did to the cold crush. I feel like I feel like to sit around and 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 wait or to think that if there's ever going to be a time where that's going to be appreciated by somebody outside of us the people who built the culture mm-hmm. it's just crazy like a lot of these things that need to happen it's only going to happen when we make sure they happen yeah we have to do it we mm-hmm. got to make sure that 
they're good because like if I'm a young guy coming in and 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 just like the 360 deal is standard and it's just a part of being in the business and how I accepted that if I accept putting some money aside or some money coming out of my royalties for MC Shan if I accept that as just standard then I'm automatically in a different thought process just looking at the culture I automatically have an appreciation for people who opened up doors for me. I got even a better understanding because it's just part of it. It's not something that needs to be taught to me where some OG is trying to explain it to me and I don't like hearing about that old shit. No, it's just part of it. Yeah. We accepted it a long time ago and we we already thinking like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So okay. I have a dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a dream, a very noble one too, brother. Oh, uh, well. Yeah. I mean, we could put a period right here, man. Again, I, I thank you. We thank you uh, again for um, reaching out, wanting to talk, man. I really do. And it's nothing but love and respect. But you, Bakari, you had some questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you didn't jump in, Bakari. Yeah, no, because Lana, no, Lana be having every good question, man. <laughs> I'm going to say this. You asked, you, 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 you asked the question. I just can't remember exactly what it was. But I remember... It was something that Lana said, and it was something that you said, and I was just wishing I was there. Oh, was that was that when we were talking about you know how you kind of we we speak on certain things internalizing what it was like how you, I think I said something and it was reflective of like how you internalize your struggle or things that have happened to you. Um, I, I actually listened back to the pod today, and I, I forgot what that part was, Lana, and I was thinking about you about that. But something that I did want to I did want to say more so a comment as less than a question was that like when I hear you speaking as an artist you know about your responsibility and your accountability for your platform you know you, I I listened to the album I heard like that frustration of dealing with you know you've accepted your responsibility and you being accountable for the message and the platform that you have and there are so many people that are not trying to get that out you know are trying to stifle that voice you know, for people to learn from, you know, we talked, I think we talked about like the rites of passage and what sticks out to me is the idea of stoicism, the philosophy of we, you don't stress yourself controlling what you trying to control, what you can't control. You know, you stand in a place where it's like, all right, I have this platform. I have the position where I can now make change and I understand the change that I want to make because I've made a change and I want to see that change for other people. And I guess what I'm saying is, you know, as you're fighting the good fight and you've understood what you can control and you've taken that accountability, how do you find peace? You know, how do you find peace in the fight? How do you, how do you relax from that? Well, I mean, I was, I I just, I just, I just, one day I just woke up and I just really, really became really, really good at identifying with the things that just made me unhappy, you know? So like, what you were just talking about, like with the whole stoicism thing, you know what I mean? It's like, even, even, even those guys, those philosophers, those, those brilliant guys who like touch us in different ways. If we go start reading all of that stuff, you know what I mean? But even that needs perspective in the culture and the music business, you know what I mean? Because, because a lot of times you could think that it's hard. Like it's, it's going to be a fight to do that because the way you wrap your, your brain around things is just, it's just indicative of your journey. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. And that changes all the time. So it's like what I learned in this business is that 
the only things that we really force is the things that we think are going to make us famous. Going to try to make certain kinds of records because we feel like it's going to garner a certain level of attention or trying to speak to a certain kind of fan or making a record that I think would, would broaden my broaden my fan base because this is what I'm told that success is. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm being told that 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 uh, urban radio is the chitlin circuit, and urban mm-hmm. is a bad word. I'm just being told that's a bad word. Well, urban it just means black people, mm-hmm. and and like pop radio just means white people. Yeah, it's literally that simple. Yeah. So like, if you just break it down in layman's terms, they're telling you you're not really a big deal until white people like you right you can you're, you when black people like you that ain't nothing that's just you know it ain't nothing it ain't no money in the black community like the pop you got to go pop but that's not true it's damn near not possible in hip-hop with the way that it was created mm-hmm. so like a lot of guys like they get to a level where i've seen some guys have the entire black community loving them and they feel like okay now how can i level up you don't there's not a higher level. Yeah. Yeah. You're black, you make black music, your people created the culture, and your people love you. You can't be in better standards than that. That's Tyler Perry. That's billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. He makes mm-hmm. movies for black people. That's it. It's not rocket science. It's not like he's trying to like, you know, like somebody's trying to figure out how to take how to take Ice Cube out of uh, Boys in the Hood and, and, and throw Jake Gyllenhaal in there because he's got to be successful. You know, I'm like, no, that ruins it. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's something about that collective, the way that that was casted. It's artistic. It's artistic. And, and like, that's what people fell in love with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you don't know your own value and you damn near don't love yourself, right. then how could you ever power through that? You know what I mean? If you feel like that um, uh, you're, you're elevated in status now because you got a white wife, because that's what making it is. I got me a white girl now. You know what I mean? Like I ain't I, what I got to mess with bulldogs because I'm because I made it. You know what I mean? All of that shit matters, and that's the reason why people get off of off of the the hip hop stages and they go stand on the iHeart Media stage, and then like they make a, a couple records in a row that perform extremely well, mm-hmm. and then that's it. Career over with, and the only thing that ended the career was the songs that you thought made you rich because at that moment you was rich. But you just made three records that put you on a stage where you're performing in front of who you don't even know who you're speaking to. Yeah. It's just a bunch of pop music is just a bunch of it's just a bunch of shit being marketed to you yeah. and being thrown at you. Mm-hmm. And they don't know you either. They don't have the same collective experience that you have for where you're living. They, they don't give a fuck. Right. They don't That's- even care. Mm-hmm. They don't even care. All of these millions and millions of views and sales and sales, it's just being marketed to people that are impressionable and they're getting them at a time where they're impressionable. And you know, white, white mothers and fathers don't care, man. They'll fucking take their kids, they'll take their kids to a Christina Aguilera concert, buy every single piece of merch she got. It don't mean nothing. You know what I mean? It's just like what the kids do. You know what I mean? Like, it's different with hip hop. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. You don't hear of classic pop music. You don't hear of pop legends. Like, right. like nobody impacted the culture like college dropout. 
You know what I mean? I don't care about the, these numbers that you talk about. Illmatic was not made in a way where it was constructed to be marketed to me. Illmatic was just Nas. You, I, didn't, I, can't, I never grew out of Nas. I'm 42 years old. I didn't grow out of Nas. You know what I mean? Because Nas isn't a phase. Illmatic is here to stay. Yes. You know, Thriller, Thriller, Michael Jackson is not a pop artist. How dare you? Don't you dare. He's not a pop artist. He's Michael Jackson. And that's, that, that's what he is. That's his genre. Mm -hmm. Because he made music that everybody loves because he's special. Yes. He's special. And even somebody as special as Michael Jackson with the way this shit is, even he didn't like looking at himself in the mirror. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's, 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 embedded, it's embedded in our fabric. So just really coming to the realization that I'm here to figure out how to be happy. And it, as long mm -hmm. as, if I could figure that out, then I can make everything else make sense. The money doesn't seem so evil. Everything just flows because I'm happy. I got peace of mind. You know what I mean? So, the pro so if you don't know that and you're just chasing fame and you're just chasing money and you're just dependent, you're dependent on that money. When I finally get there, it's just going to, all this will be over. You know what I mean? Like problem solved. And then you get there and no problems get solved. And then it's more problems. Mm -hmm. Right. That's like, that's like the lottery curse. That's no different from watching the documentaries about the lottery. It's a curse. Right. It's just a bunch of misinformation and people being taken advantage of. You know what I mean? So once I, once I realized that, and I realized how important the influence was and how much even more important than the money it was, and I, 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 I uh, got into a couple of different groups, and then I also um, experienced having an extremely big pop record, and, and like, I was able to weigh that against being able to build brands, and then I was looking at royalty statements, look at boom on the royalty statement. There never was some big number. It just always existed. Never a royalty statement where you don't see boom. You know, and then lighters. Number one song in the country that year is what they say. And you know, the first time I seen it appear on a royalty statement, it was like, holy shit, I'm rich. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow, this is what we supposed to do. This is what music, we, this is what we could do. Mm -hmm. right. No, that's how B.O.B. Airplanes and all those songs got made. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then like maybe a year later, no more. Never yeah. to be discussed again. Never go to a show. I never perform and they go, yo, why you didn't do lighters? It's just like it never happened. So is it really a hit record? What's a hit record? You know what I mean? What's really a hit record? It's very, very, very subjective. It's all about how you want to look at it. You know what I mean? It's, it's all about whatever perspective you can put on it. But in my personal opinion, anything, that, anything that comes out, that comes out that you created, that you wasn't all the way sure about, but you had other agendas, and it comes and it, it creates you a whole bunch of problems, and it makes you a whole bunch of money, and then it disappears, and then the money disappears, and the problems increase, that is not a hit. That is not a hit. That is not success. It's just you going through the motions. You know what I mean? And the motions just look bad because these executives are just giving their children all of the information. You know what I mean? They're just arming them just to, you know, like, LeVar Ball comes out and he goes, I'm telling my children they do everything well. And we go, ah, oh, man, you, talk, you can't talk to them like that. Look at them. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. And they're telling their kids, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. You're not doing that. And then, you know, you're just creating the kids that's going to work for 
the white people's kids. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 how I look at that. So then, like once I start realizing the strength in the collective, it's not hard at all. It's not hard. It's only hard when you think when you when you think like this. Damn man, how are we gonna get everybody to there? You know, Farrakhan right. had the Million Man March. How are we gonna communicate with all of our affluent people all at the same time? I mean, yeah, of course it seems hard then without the right game plan. But I happen right. to feel like I feel like as soon as I got into the business, I could reach out to anybody. Everybody is like a degree of separation. Yeah. That's how small it really is. Mm-hmm. It just appears big. So a lot of people like a lot of people have a system so fucked up, they taking people's publishing and shit like that. It's no need for you to even talk to them. You just let them just let them follow the wave once it becomes a wave. Mm-hmm. Because it's gonna be understood as long as the right people are doing it. You know, the NFL could sit anybody down. They could have called anybody they wanted to call. You know what I mean? And they're taking baby steps with Jay-Z. Who else they gonna put there and take any steps? Who else do they feel like they need to talk to? Nobody. Right. Nobody else. Yeah. So you know, like they're 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 basically they're 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 using us, but but then Jay-Z can also apply the things that he's trying to apply and take those and take those baby steps so at least we're getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because sitting around waiting on the NFL to put things in place on their own that's going to help our, our communities. And, you know, these guys have been billionaires ever since we've been around. I'm yeah. sure they know people in high places. I'm pretty sure that they could they could have they could have prevented they could have they could could probably prevent about 30 to 40 of those murders a year just based off of their inf- their connections. Mm-hmm. If they cared. If it affected them. You know? So it's like, they don't care. So if you know they don't care, why do you keep asking them to care? You know what I mean? Like, it's really, we're going to take the steps. Yeah, go that route, right. We're going to take we, it we, in we, ourselves. We passed the, the point of complaining about it. We identify with what's going exactly. on. Exactly. Let's just take some steps and let's take them with the right people. Let's have understanding of what our value is, who's really valuable, and who's not as, as, as uh, influential as they think they are. And just let them live in their fantasy world for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, don't come to the gunfight with a knife. Just right. come in there with the big dogs, the, yeah. the guys who can really, you know, shake some shit up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because contrary to popular belief, there's some guys that these people are afraid of. They're afraid of them. And the reason why they're afraid of them is because those guys aren't afraid of them. Because those guys realize that they don't have to be. Right. And when they enter the conversation, then everyone else will understand that they ain't nothing to be afraid of. Exactly. And then you can just wear it. You know, like we won't all look at Jay-Z like, oh man, that's Jay-Z. No, he is me. All right. He is me. He's doing something I can do. When he does it, that's that's a W for all of us. Mm-hmm. All of us matter. All of us make up what the culture is. Mm-hmm. We don't all have to sit around and wait on the so-called big dogs. You know what I mean? What? Because if we move on the same accord, you're gonna see so many billionaires, it won't be such a unicorn type experience. Yeah. We are only talking about a billion dollars. And I'm not saying that because I got so much money. I'm saying we're only talking about a billion dollars in contrast to what's being generated. Mm-hmm. Right. But we have, to, we have to get to a space where we understand our own value. Like, I think that we see people like Jay-Z, and this probably go back to the conversation you had. We, we were talking about Geronimo about the black bourgeoisie and the separation. Mm-hmm. But it's because shit just feels... We are, we are a victim of our limits, of our limitations, or our perceived limitations. And so right. 
we look at Jay-Z, some of us look at Jay-Z with such disdain because it's like, and it, that's not me, I'm a fan of Jay-Z, but we look at him and we're like, oh, he ain't gonna do nothing or he's the only one who could do it. It's like, we, cause we have, it's so in, it's ingrained in us that we can't do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're like, oh no, well, only he can do that because I certainly can't from where I am. And we don't even know that, um, you know, something that helps me just be a better me in general is I think about Beyonce, not from a standpoint as a fan of Beyonce, but Beyonce is a regular human. Yes. And she's just a yes. regular girl from Houston. And the only difference is the work ethic. My my dream isn't Beyonce's dream, and it don't have to be. But if I put in the amount of effort to to do the work to to be that level of myself, I can do it too on that level, whatever that thing is for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we look at people like Jay Z and these artists who have seemingly arrived somewhere, and we just feel impo- it's impossible because we have to deal with this regular shit down here in this in this realm of living. And it's almost like, how the fuck I'm supposed to get there if I can't get past this struggling ass relationship or this struggling ass job when it's just a mindset change? And it's maybe not that simple all the time, but I think it we is, just though. have to it is. You think so? I think so. It's just confusion. It's just okay. confusion. That confused state, that confused state can bring on many different things. It can bring on depression. It it just brings on more problems. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's just, it's just, we don't, nobody told us anything. Jay-Z did not come into this business and say, yo, I'm about to start Rockefeller Records. He came in the same way I came in. He, he, he wanted a record deal. Yeah. The only reason why Jay-Z didn't get a record deal is because they wouldn't give him one. Yeah. Right. That's why he started Rockefeller Records. Right, started a label. He, start, he started it like... Well, I guess I got to start my own label. Otherwise, nobody's going to hear me rap because nobody believes in me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's like shit. Nobody believes in any of us. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like he went along the process. And because of the way his journey went, it kind of it turned him into a businessman mm-hmm. and, and a top-tier lyricist all at the same time. Yeah. But he just got, he equipped himself with tools that were just available because of his journey. You know what I mean? Dre, Dr. Dre wasn't thinking nothing about no headphones when he was making The Chronic. It was all about the music then. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like these guys are like hyper-focused on like, I'm going to build, I'm going to diversify. No, they're, they're the same one-sided creators that yes. we are. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just things just get put in perspective. So all we got to do, the guys who actually fight through this shit, is provide that perspective. That's all we got to do. Because they already got the tools. I, I heard my son when he was eight years old, beating on the table, making a beat on the table. I bought him a drum machine that same day. Mm-hmm. Everything he ever made, I told him it was amazing. Good. I don't care what it sounds like. Right. Who fucking cares? Who cares? It all starts with the confidence. You know, like Beyonce, you know, like, yeah, she they practiced a lot. So did Kelly Rowland. Mm-hmm. They all they all practice, but Beyonce was indoctrinated with confidence. Michael Jackson was indoctrinated with confidence. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather was indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. That's because their parents had a connection, a spiritual connection, to what they were getting in. Mm. 
Yeah. You know, I don't care if it was living vicariously through whatever, whatever, whatever that is, it worked to their benefit because they were able to take everything that is bad about us and apply it in a way that made it all good. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like, I feel like Beyonce, when I used to see those little videos, she could sing, she was a talented kid, you know, but I heard the same mistakes that I hear the other ones make. Pitchy and pitchy in certain areas. You know, like a little, a little lax on some of the steps. You know what I mean? Like just the same shit. Mm-hmm. It's just a developmental thing. She just kept going, kept going. Right. You know what I mean? And what, and always was made to feel like that. You know, anything was possible. So it was just like, shit, man. Like I hate to keep bringing up white people, but I mean, dog, they can be like, hey, man, I want, I want to, think I might want to go get a hot dog today. They'd be like, all right, well, we ever, I'm gonna sit you down with the owner. I'm going to sit you down with the owner of Oscar Mayer and we're going to talk about your own hot dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, they get made to feel like any fucking thing is possible. Mm-hmm. They fail the up, usually. The failure for other cultures, especially white people, is up. Even right. in their most mediocre, any, even in, in their most mediocre state, it's like a it's like a revelation, like, oh shit, I can own an Oscar Mayer. You know what I mean? Like, it's, right. for us, for us, anything we do, we, you know, even from a parenting standpoint, just being around kids, you know, I didn't have both my parents, but the parenting style sometimes is like your failure is like the worst thing that could happen mm-hmm. as opposed to an opportunity to develop in that area. It's like, mm-hmm. you fucked up. You a mm-hmm. fuck up artist and you gonna just fuck up and keep fucking up instead yeah. of like, you know what, well, maybe that ain't your strong suit. Let's see like you said earlier, to the point of like pouring into the children. So yeah, that's that's wild. It's just an upward failure for white folks all the time. They don't have to excel. Right. Yeah, because 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 I mean shit. They they not under it's no pressure. It's like it's like they probably they get to a lot of them get to a place at a young age, like, yo, I don't want all that. You know, my dad's trying to hand me right. down this empire. I don't feel like doing that. I'm happy where right. I'm at right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just and that's 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 success to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because they found happiness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But with us, we feel like we need to go to the mountaintop. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? And it's something that we aren't used to seeing. And um, the, the, the success of the big ones, you know, the, 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 the earners of the predatory capital, you know, it's being marketed to us like, ooh, guys, look at Oprah. Yeah, don't worry about it. Everybody's got the same opportunity. Look, you got Oprah, you got Michael Jordan. Look, guys, look. Look, you, you, you look what you got. You know what I mean? Look who you got. Oh, don't worry about the school system. Oprah was poor. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, it's just manipulation on all fucking levels. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, what else do you have to go off of if somebody's not coming and putting that shit in perspective? You know what I mean? Even, even with me knowing everything I know in the record business, my son is just getting into the music business, and somebody tried to sign him to a, a very stupid contract, and he wanted to do it. He wanted to do it. We had an argument over it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Damn, because right. how I speak to him as Royce the Five Nine and how I speak to him as his dad, he processes the things in two different ways. Mm-hmm. So I can't even like I don't even know how to fucking how to say it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, I don't know what how else to put it to you without you feeling like I'm blocking something for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like somewhere along your journey, you came to the realization that I'm blocking you and this person is trying to put you in this bad contract is for you. 
That's that that person right there. He loves you. He's gonna give you an advance, and he's gonna hook you up. I'm telling you, you don't need that advance, and that advance is just gonna give you an overhead, which is gonna put you in a position where you're gonna start making creative decisions based off said overhead, and then you're just gonna start making mistakes earlier than you need to make. And you don't need money. You don't need any money. You don't do anything but stay on the on the net and go to the studio. I own a studio. You never can record in my studio. This is what we up against. And he was right. like, well, maybe you can get on the phone with the guy. And I was like, you don't no. want that. You don't want that. <laughs> That's not that what, you what you want. want. That's the last thing you want. Yeah. Yeah. Word. All right. All right. Well, we'll check in. Anybody got any other questions? That's I just want to say thank you. Because this, this made my night. Like, I didn't know by the end of tonight I would be on the phone with Royce the 5'9". I'm just really grateful, man. Thank you for caring. Like, that means more to you. No. Yeah, man. Of course. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Royce. Thank y'all, man. We're going to get a part two? We're going to get a part two? To to my album? Alec, to the Alligator? To the Alligator? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know, bro. Like, I, I just never know. I never know what the hell is going on, man. Like, it's... it's, it's I didn't know I was going to do that album. And then, like, now I'm, like, forced to be in the studio because I'm supposed to be on tour right now. So I didn't even know I was going to be recording right now because of this corona thing. I don't know what to, what's about to happen. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes I just – I like to not know for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, I like to just, like, not tell myself I'm drawing stuff on the bulletin board, you know, like, and just let it kind of flow. You know, like, it's a, few, it's a few different things that I could do. But I just wanted to – whatever it is, I wanted to be purposeful. You know what I mean? Like I wanted, I wanted to be with a purpose. I don't want it to be just because you know, Royce got another album. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if it if it felt like some things were bothering me on this album, then maybe the next album it'll be more things, and it won't sound like it bothers me as much. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe it'll be stories. Maybe it'll be, I don't know. I don't know. Sky's the limit. Yeah, time to figure it out. Can we get those hats? Like on your, you have a. Where can I get a hat? Because I want. Yeah, a hat. I got. I got, um, we developed like some merchandise and then like I got the stuff to, to look at, to, to approve like the mock-ups of them. And it was okay. just like stuff wrong with a few of the things. So mm -hmm. they're just redoing some stuff. As soon as they finish doing that, then we gonna make it available. Okay. Yeah, this is just like a sample thing. Word. All right, appreciate yeah, it. But it'll be, snap, it'll be snapbacks like this and hoodies and t-shirts. Okay. I'll get y'all over some stuff. Word, oh, word. Nice. Thank you. I appreciate y'all, man. Love and respect to all of y'all. Keep on doing y'all. Appreciate you, man. Y'all think make sure nice when y'all when y'all do the podcast and shit, try to send me like put put links on my timeline so I can kind of keep up. Okay. okay. All right. I'm gonna put I'm gonna post a few more clips over the next few days, so I will definitely um add some links to it. You gotta Wait, listen right. to the whole thing. I want. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it gets heavy. It get real heavy. I'm gonna definitely listen to, to that one because you're talking about my album. I gotta be an artist. <laughs> but what y'all do? Y'all do once once a week. Um. So this this is a little different because I mean I was podcasting for about three years where I was interviewing individuals, but then I said you know I want to talk about like issues and real like subject matter. So assembled this panel of people together, and I was like, well, when it's something worth talking about, like a mic drop moment, what I call it, then that's when we're mm -hmm. gonna talk. So. It's it's I call it every now and then podcast because y'all like Voltron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Y'all come together. Y'all come together when it's time to save the world. Exactly, exactly. Everybody jump. Everybody running the running the phone booth real quick. Then y'all assemble and and turn into do gooders. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. I love it. All right. Well, whenever y'all get something, man, please 
put it on my timeline so I can retweet it and shit and I can follow. And Where if y'all ever need you, y'all ever need to contact like anybody, y'all ever got any artists in mind, if I if I have some type of connection to them, please feel free to reach out to me to help in any kind of way. Okay. Right. I appreciate right. it. That's love, man. No, for real. Really do. Love and respect. All right. All right, brother. All right, y'all. Good night. Good night. Love, bro. Centerpieces is recorded in Washington, D.C. and is part of all the Fly Kids media. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, social media, and our YouTube channel. All the Fly Kids on everything. And remember, don't speak ill of your own in front of the other. Peace.